Hello and welcome to the Canadian Ruck Rugby Podcast. This is our uh, inaugural post and uh, I'm just uh, happy to be here. My name is Jamie Gray. I live in uh, Rossing, New Brunswick. I currently coach a variety of levels. I coach high school rugby here at Rossing Netherwood School. I'm also a rookie rugby director. Uh, and coach of the uh, Rasse Little Blacks. We had over 60 participants last year. Used to coach uh, provincially here in New Brunswick and retired senior player of, uh, of the Blyle Rovers. That's been a few years now. Uh, just these are going to be some, uh, these podcasts are going to be some musings and thoughts of mine on the state of rugby in Canada. Um, probably focused a little on the East Coast because that's where I'm, uh, that's where I live, that's where I'm from. Um, but we're also going to be doing some interviews. Today the interview is actually with Cole Keith. Cole comes to us from Sussex, New Brunswick, uh, not too far from where I live now, and he's uh, he's a current member of Team Canada and the Toronto, uh, Toronto Arrows of Major League Rugby. Uh, we're also going to be interviewing some people coming up over the coming uh, months. We've got Sean C. O'Toole. Uh, he's uh, retired from Rugby Canada. He played in the uh, 2011, 2011 World Cup. <clears throat> and we're also going to have Jack Hanratty on, and Jack's the current coach of uh, Team Canada's under-20 program, uh, women's program, and also director at Rugby Nova Scotia. We're also going to have Yves Pellerin on. Yves is the president of the MBRU here in New Brunswick. And a couple others are Chelsea Laurel and Katie Hunter uh, of the St. John Irish, uh, two women advocates of females in rugby. And that'll be interesting as well. I know it's a, it's been a couple months, um, but I, I, we're going to take a look at today how Canada fared at the Rugby World Cup. Uh, you know, reading through media posts on social media and the news and stuff, and I think sometimes the uh, the guys over there get a bit of a bit of a bad rap because uh, you know they went only three, um, but they played some uh, they played some pretty good rugby against some pretty stellar squads. You know, a tough loss to Italy, which uh, you know break here or there could have turned that game around. Tough loss to the All Blacks, 63-0, but it's the All Blacks. And, you know, eventual 66-7 loss to the, you know, eventual winners of South Africa. And I think what's lost there is uh, Canada was very close in the second half. Um, you know, some subs came in on both sides, and it was a, the second half was night and day different. And then you look at that cancelled match versus Namibia uh, due to the due to the storms that ha occurred, and... You know, there could have been a win for sure. That, that would have been a win for us. That would have been a very nice way to end the uh, World Cup this year in 2019. I guess, and when you when you look at it, you wonder why why is not you know, why does Canada not do as well in rugby as they used to? Back in the early 90s, you know, we plateaued. We uh, we finished in quarterfinals there in in 91 and had a great uh, great run in 95 and even 99 and over the last few uh, couple decades, we've kind of starting to fall off. And a lot of that's the advent of the uh, professional game. Um, and here in Canada, that's just starting to pick up with major league rugby over the past couple of seasons. And Cole Keith, will talk about that a little bit in the interview, but a few things, I guess, and uh, you know, probably most everybody knows in Canada, rugby's it's, it's a niche sport. It's, you know, it's in pockets here and there. It's not like hockey. It's not our number one sport. And even basketball, and soccer, and football have picked up a lot of steam over the last couple of decades. Um, having that, it really hurts the player availability and our depth. You know, coaching provincially the last couple of seasons, it's hard to try and get some of those guys out because, you know, some of our best athletes are, you know, our hockey players or 
basketball players and, and trying to get them to play provincially, it, it's, it can be a difficult task. And you also got to look at the size of our country in a couple of ways. I mean, we only have 36 million people, but we, we've, we're, we're spread out so far. You know, we've got some great rugby in BC and Ontario and, you know, in Quebec and, and, you know, scattered parts in the Maritimes and out West, but it's very difficult to bring everybody together. And a lot of players, you know, the, the really top end players often leave Canada uh, and try and make a try and make a living, and you can't blame them. You know, Tyler Argent's you know currently playing in Zealand. ETH was overseas for a while, um, but Major League Rugby it's in its uh, second or third season now, and that really should help, especially get a team in Canada. The Arrows had a great season last year in their in their rookie year in the league. Um, you know, finishing in uh, finishing the top four and qualifying for the playoffs, which was awesome. Uh, another reason uh, I think everybody realizes is that there's not a lot of money pumped into Canada in rugby. Um, that's something that's going to be talked about on a later podcast, where the you know where the registration fees and how that gets diverted. Um, but uh, but today it's just I, I guess you look at it, the fact that it's not it's not a number one sport in Canada and it makes it really difficult financially for some of those players to be able to stay in Canada and make a living and represent our country. Currently, we're ranked 22nd. Um, it's pretty high, or sorry, pretty low, I guess you look at it from the other perspective. Um, professional rugby rankings, I guess, started coming out around 95. And uh, the world rankings were introduced in 2003. Canada was high as 11th in 2011. So nine years in nine years, we've dropped 11 spots. Right. If you if there were world rankings back in the '90s, we definitely would have been way higher than 11th. Um, but we've slowly regressed, and as of 2017, so just two and a half, three years ago, we were 24th. Um, so I guess you could look at it a couple of ways. You know, since 2011, we've dropped a lot, but since 2017, we we've been picking up some pace. We've been you know having some solid showings. You know, we tied the Americans a little while ago. Um, you know, we qualified for the uh, Rugby World Cup again in 2019. Uh, we've qualified for every Rugby World Cup that's been uh, on since 1987. And I think that's great. But how much further can we go? How much higher can we go? Well, what does the future hold? I guess Major League Rugby, Cole Keith's going to talk about that and how he thinks that will help us. That's going to be uh, having having people, having players, having our own players being able to stay in North America and get paid to play. Um, one, it, it's a competitive advantage because everybody wants to make some money while they play rugby. How, how could you not? Uh, but on top of that, uh, the players are all in North America. So when there are Canadian national games, they're more readily available than if they're playing overseas or in, or in the Southern Hemisphere. Can we make ground? Yeah, that's, that's one of the ways we can definitely make ground. Cole's going to argue that it's really good rugby. I watched a bunch of games last year on TV, and it looks like it's pretty entertaining, a lot of fun to play, and a lot of fun to watch, that's for sure. That's definitely a great way. Um, I mean, if you have thoughts on that, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're at the Canadian Ruck at gmail.com. Drop me an email. With regards to the World Cup, uh, you know, you could look at it easily as the critic and the, you know, the... And just say those simple things like, yeah, we, we got bombed by the All Blacks. We got bombed by the Springboks. Uh, Italy Italy <clears throat> played a lot, put up a bigger score than we anticipated. But there were a lot of positives as well. I think the big thing for me in watching all those games, I watched about 90% of every game of the World Cup 
and all the Canada ones naturally, and I imagine you did too, is uh, I think the big thing for me is we didn't quit. <laughs> you look at that all-black squad and the players that they can surround themselves with uh, on a 23-man roster is unbelievable. And you look at the South Africans, I mean, they just, they, you know, they won the World Cup. They're an amazing squad, well-coached, um, very gritty and tenacious, some good talent. Um, I think the thing that highlighted for me the, the didn't quit at, uh, attitude was that South Africa match. We were down 47-0 at half, and it would have been very easy to roll over. Um, but we came out a different team in the second half. I'm not sure what coach <laughs> coach said to them at halftime, but um, the second half was a 19-7 score. We had some great runs in that second half. That that last 40 minutes was a was a completely different team. Uh, and that grit and that heart is what Canadian rugby has been all about. We just got to get our talent level, I guess, caught up to that. Uh, more recently, uh, and before we get into talking with Cole, um, this will be something that I kind of probably touch on a few times throughout these different podcasts, is the direction of rugby maybe in provincial areas. <clears throat> I guess talking about team culture and, uh, and rugby culture because it's changed a lot since I finished playing. Um and uh, it's it's probably something I'm not a real fan of, uh, and that's the the I guess a big the different type of push that's happening within rugby. I'm not sure if it's a Canadian thing or if it's just a New Brunswick thing, but it seems that rugby in New Brunswick for sure is putting an emphasis on the individual over the team. Um, I don't agree with that. To me, rugby at its purest form is the ultimate team game. You got 15 players on the field, a 23-man roster, you know, maybe more depending on the level you play. You've got all these guys and girls working and smashing, they're sweating together to achieve a common goal. Uh, however, it seems to me that in New Brunswick, at least, and this is just appearance uh, from how I see it, there seems to be a big onus on the individual uh, away from the team game. Uh, I don't think that's I don't think that's good for rugby. I don't think that's good for rugby in New Brunswick. I don't think that's good for rugby in Canada. Uh, when you take away that team atmosphere and you have focus on individual players that you think should be making a difference nationally or wherever, uh, to push them ahead of the team uh, is, a is, a, is a detriment to the sport itself and to the club. Uh, from the outside, it appears that there's less of a concern on the team game, um, less of a concern for team improvements, and I think more so than that, the team culture of rugby itself. More of the, the, as I was stating, more of the concern seems to be the individual players. Rugby's not golf. It's it's not tennis. It's not boxing. It's not bowling or skiing. It is a team sport, and players need to be developed as part of a team, and they need to understand the rules on the team. I've often said, I've, I've coached a, a lot of years with a good friend of mine, Mark Jenkins, who's from Australia and played schoolboy rugby over there. One of the things that we always say is you, you're a rugby player first and a position player second. You need to understand the full dynamics of what happens on the pitch and uh, not be worried about, you know, well, I play eight man or I play inside center. Those specialty things are awesome to understand, but you need to understand how to play a variety of roles in a team sport. You need to understand how other players compete at those positions as well. So saying that, players really definitely need to be developed as part of a team and understand that aspect. I fear New Brunswick rugby is losing that. I hope I'm wrong. And to me, that could have an impact on Rugby Canada moving forward, especially if Rugby Canada is doing the same thing. And that's not to say, like, I truly believe individual skills are very important. Um, 
you know, players need to know how to pass left, they need to know how to pass rights, they need to know how to receive a high ball, etc. But not to the detriment of the team game and the rugby culture and atmosphere. I don't think this is going to help grow rugby as a team sport or help New Brunswick push players to higher levels. Plus, should that be a goal of the, of the province, to push players to the higher level? Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, or should it be to get more players out, have team functions, um, and make your program better through the collective use of an actual team as opposed to an individual? Now, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, what is it like in other provinces? If you disagree, hey, that's entirely your opinion. Uh, if you agree, that's awesome as well. But what are your thoughts there? Do you have... You know, are you, do you want to counter? Do you want to argue? I'd be, I'd be happy to hear from you. Again, it's thecanadianruck at gmail.com. Feel free to drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and all that, that brings us to our first guest of the program. All right? And to me, this is one of the ultimate team players. Anybody that plays front row, uh, anybody, play, anybody that plays in the boiler, almost, the front five, to me, are the ultimate team players. Um, we're going to welcome Cole Keith. Cole's from Appahawk, New Brunswick. Uh, out east, he's known as the Giants. Um, he doesn't have a nickname yet with, uh, with the arrows, or if he does, he was a little shy or hesitant to let me know, but we're going to welcome Cole Keith, who played for the, he's played for a variety of teams, he played for the Sussex Regional High School, Sonics for a few years, under Neil Sherwood, he played for the Blau Rovers under Grant Beckingham, uh, currently he toils, as I said, he plays for the Toronto Airs in Major League Rugby, uh, an exciting up-and-coming squad entering their second season. And he's fresh home from Japan, uh, where he helped Team Canada. He played a lot of quality minutes at tight head prop. Um, Cole's going to talk to us about his uh, his time in Japan, some time with the Arrows. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice interview, a good 30-minute interview with Cole. And I uh, just want to sit back, let you listen, and enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Just want to say welcome to Cole Keith. Cole hails to us from uh, Applehawk, New Brunswick, which is just outside of Sussex. Uh, Cole played a lot of rugby in the Maritimes. He played at uh, Sussex Regional High School. He played some for the Blyle Rovers, played provincially for New Brunswick, and now he's currently toiling with the Toronto Arrows of Major League Rugby. Um, and he also plays for Team Canada. And, uh, you know, he's fresh off that trip to Japan a couple months back where he got to play some quality minutes at tight head prop against some, uh, against some pretty good countries. Uh, just like to say, welcome, Cole. How are we making out? Hey, yeah, doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, I guess a couple things. Uh, I, I first off, uh, you know, watched every game of Canada over in, uh, in Japan and felt really bad when you guys uh, weren't able to play Namibia because that would have been uh, a nice to probably get a win there. But what was the what was the full rugby atmosphere like over in Japan for you guys? Um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, just the uh, everything to do with the uh, the tournament, uh, the way they put it on, the fans, um, just everything to do with it was. Um, second to none and it was just so well thought out and planned and there was no issues um, with anything the whole time we were there so it was really really well organized and just a an amazing amazing event accommodations food all that stuff that was all pretty good yeah it was the best i've ever had it before Um, (laughs) i mean the hotels were great the food was amazing if we ever needed something out of the hotel as well um the the staff at the hotel were just just there just they they would no, no questions asked. They would do it right away for us, and, and just did everything they could to accommodate us the best we could. That's awesome. Or the best they could, I guess. So. That's great. Uh, like I follow you guys. I follow Rugby Canada and you on like Instagram and social media and stuff. And there's some pretty cool pictures. Um, what were some highlights like off the rugby pitch? What were some of the highlights? Anything off top? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we did a like a little um, like in the harbor or in the shore uh, like net fishing oh, experience cool. one day where we just they would go out and then it was like a old school traditional way of catching fish in Japan and then we would just two people on both ends of the beach or two lines of people I guess would just pull in this big net and then it would just come in full of fish and that was really cool that's pretty sweet um, we did a like traditional Japanese uh, cooking yagatori which is a, a, a local food to there um, and then did you uh, we eat did it? a little boat yeah yeah it's just uh, it was mostly just like chicken and stuff like okay. that just the way the way they prepared it and stuff yeah um, and then we did a little boat tour around some of the smaller little like off the coast uh, islands and sites and stuff that's um, awesome. so we got to do, we got to do a fair amount actually uh, away from rugby because we were there a couple weeks early right um, and so before the we actually started playing games we could uh, the, the the city Nagato where we were based before we played they they hosted us um, unbelievably and they they always put on these events for us and we could just pick and choose which ones we wanted to go to that's awesome um, on our off days yeah so that's awesome so that's great it sounds like it was a great uh, team bonding experience leading up to the events and and then during the uh, during the full process that's great um, on the pitch you, you know you get to play against some pretty good players like you know you squared off against like joe moody and things like that what was it what was it like for you to go against other top props in the world as i mean you're you're fairly young um facing off against some of those guys how did uh, how did you feel you stacked up how was that with your how did that build your confidence and your ability to prop um yeah i mean obviously you love the opportunity to play those guys um you know you get to compare yourself to the uh to obviously the best in the world um at that time and um what like um, you, you really notice that there's not a massive difference in size and obviously I don't know their strength numbers or anything like that I mean they're obviously very strong men um, and stuff but you don't notice that like they don't stand out like you don't look at them and you're not in awe um, is a way to put it right. you, you definitely notice like, like the finer details is what they're they're really good at and um, adjusting throughout the game to different scenarios and things like that is what they're uh is where they take the step above most people. So what did, were you able to learn some things that you can bring to your game this season with the Arrows? Um, it's kind of hard to, to do that, I think, mid-game. You're just kind of stuck in there trying right. to do your job. But obviously there's learnings after the game. That, yeah. You know, oh, I did this wrong here, um, and I corrected it. Now I can do this for when I'm playing for the Arrows. But it's also like that um, in every game. Uh, no matter who we play, if I'm just playing a club game as well, right. um, we obviously review and try to improve every after every game, and we work on it during training throughout the week, That's and uh, we try to Im implement it in, in the uh, in the games. It's a good learning process there. Yeah, it's always it's always a learning process. Everything we do is so. That's awesome. So, you guys, you, you had three losses over over in Japan, but you played some pretty high high caliber teams. Uh, how did you guys feel as, uh, as as a national national side? How do you feel that you uh, you competed at the Rugby World Cup? Um, yeah, obviously the the three teams we played were obviously three really good teams. Um, I mean, we felt like we played good rugby at times, but we just we let ourselves down a little right. bit, um, especially in that Italy game. I feel like um, you know we catch one ball and make one tackle in the first half, and it's ten seven. Yeah. Instead of 17 mil. Right. And it's just those things that, you know, we, we feel like we let ourselves down. We didn't feel like we got beaten um, according to the score. It was just, 
those little things that we would, you know, we'd always make that tackle 99% of the time or catch that ball 99% of the time. Yeah. And it just, that day, you know, it was that 1% where we did it. And now we're down 17 points instead of three. Right. No, I, so it's just, we just feel like we beat ourselves particularly in that game. A lot of pressure there too, a lot of nerves. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it was a lot of guys first World Cups as well, including myself. Right. So, um, there's all these factors as well, but um, we, we knew we were, that we played good rugby and we put some teams under the pump um, for long periods of time as well. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, we, we thought that overall it was, you know, we, we had our moments where we were good and we had our moments where we were, we were not so good, so. I think that's fair. I think any team can say that as well, but uh, it's nice that you can recognize that and learn, I guess, learn from it. Um, speaking of just being over there, did you meet your own personal expectations? Like, did you have any goals going into the event? Um, how did you stack up with how you thought you might uh, might handle playing in those situations? Um, yeah, obviously, um, myself, I'm very uh, competitive, so I obviously wanted to, um, you know, play as... I want to play every game, obviously. Um, but no, I mean, I was necessarily happy with the way um, I performed. I came off the bench against Italy, um, scrummaged well, you know, did my role. And, and I mean, when you go into those situations, you're not looking to, you know, come on and, um, you know, light it up. You're just looking to go on there and do your job um, and, uh, you know, get, get the job done of what your role is on the team because everybody has their own role right um and so yeah i feel like I, I did that well against italy when i came on and obviously getting the start against new zealand as well um yeah you know, i felt like my, my play was um it was it was good i mean obviously it, it's not as good as you know the opposition we had which is what we're all trying to, to get to right but um yeah i was fairly fairly happy with my performances and stuff yeah i'm sure if you listened hard enough you probably would have heard all the cheers from new brunswick when we saw the uh starting roster for that game against new zealand it was it was pretty raucous here in nb that's for sure <laughs> yeah that's good yeah, yeah. Was, uh, very exciting exciting day in the oh i imagine it was pretty uh pretty wild for you there yeah. what's um what do you, what I guess what is uh I, I don't even know how much you can talk about this but the future of rugby Canada men's team like what direction is it going in so that it can continue to improve how do you guys see that as players that I guess that you can talk about openly um yeah I mean obviously with the MLR it's going to be huge hmm. um having this league where everybody we're not fighting with clubs from overseas um to get players released obviously for the most part um you know and just having everybody um in the same area playing these games because like the, the standard of the MLR is actually um, a lot better than what most people think right um, like it's good quality rugby like it's physical it's fast and it's just like those little skill errors like we talk about um, it's just like that's kind of where the other leagues kind of step up but those are just going to keep improving and improving every year and the standard of rugby you know and four or five years could be just as good as you know the premiership or the the top 14 or anything like that absolutely so um i think the sky's the limit how this league develops and how players are going to develop in the league as well that's yeah that's that's awesome i think having that the mlr going strong i i fully agree with that same sentiment that uh having more bodies playing in north america is definitely going to help rugby canon even in rugby usa as well so 
That's awesome. And I guess speaking of the Toronto Oz, a nice little segue by you there. I'm not sure if you uh, you did that on purpose, but <laughs> you're starting your second season there. I guess, like, what's how's the travel? What's your favorite city to visit? You guys, do you guys bus? Do you fly? Do you train? How do you how do you get from? Because um, you guys, we fly, to, we fly everywhere. Awesome. So I mean, I missed a, about four road games last year during the ARC. Okay. So I didn't get to go to every city, but um, I mean, New Orleans was. That's definitely a good one. <laughs> that was your first match too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the first one. No. Sets the bar high, yeah. Sets the bar high. <laughs> um, New Orleans is good. I've been to San Diego before, not yeah. Toronto, with uh, the national team a couple years ago. Okay. Um, that city's amazing as well. And, um, I mean, there isn't really a bad city, I don't think, in the, That's awesome. in the league. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to going to Atlanta, Boston, and Washington this year as well. Yep. <laughs> just because I've never been to any of those three cities before. And you, so. and you got some, you got some big names now in those cities too, right? Yeah. And the yeah. the beast has gone to Washington. Yeah. And uh, where's and Manu? I guess he's. I mean, he's a back, but he's gone to uh, Seattle. I think oh, I saw. San Diego, I'm pretty sure. San Diego, so yeah, so, yeah, that'll that'll make it a little bit more interesting for you as well, having those uh, that little extra oh, yeah, experience, no. guys. Yeah, no, I mean, we all love seeing those guys signed other teams because it just gives us an opportunity to to play against them and improve. Show them that you know we're just as good as they are. So good, that's a that's a great attitude. That's awesome. What are your what are your team goals this season? What are the Arrows' goals? You guys um, qualified last year. You had a you had a great run. You you know you started a little slow, but you picked up some confidence and, and pace, and you guys finished strong and, and made the playoffs. What what do you guys? How did where did you set your sights this year? Um, yeah, you know, we wanted we want to win it this year. Um, awesome. We wanted to win it last year as well, but obviously um, we were a little bit um, things were a little um, not. It was just because of how late we got um, into the league last year. Just everything was a bit more um, disorganized and. Um, it was a bit of a rocky start just with um, places where we were going to train, what we're doing here, what we're doing there, how to – just to, everybody was just learning it yeah. last year. Um, and I think that's kind of what got us off to the slow start maybe. Okay. So we were learning how to become a professional franchise. Right. Um, but this year things have been so much better, so much smoother. There hasn't been any issues with training facilities. Um Nothing like that, so um, I could really, like, like you said, we went on that big run last year at the end of the year, and, you know, I mean, we're going to be looking to keep that run going, basically, and uh, get off to a, to a hot start this year, maybe not put as much pressure on ourselves come the uh, the business end of the season. So. That's good, and that's not really anything that the players should be worrying about, but I think in your first year, it's something that's always on your mind, trying to figure out where your next training session is, things like that, that would, that would wear on you guys a little bit as the season progresses, for sure. Like we were trading in uh, the east end of the city and then the west end of the city and back and forth. So it was just, um, it was hard to get into a routine. Right. The athletes are routines for them. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like it's east St. John or west St. John. We're talking, yeah. you know, <laughs> easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this year everything's been in the same area. It's been great. We can, we get in our routines. We know our training schedule and it's the same every day. And, yeah, it's been really good so far. It's been a lot more enjoyable to start the season this year. Awesome. Uh, personal question: What's what's it like to get paid to play rugby? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. <laughs> um, just like you know, it's just like um, you get paid to do anything that you love. Yeah. So um, 
you don't take it for granted. Um, and you, you do everything you can to keep getting paid for as long as you can to, <laughs> to play. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's a lot of people don't understand that, you know, it is, it's tough. Like, it's it's hard work. Yeah. Um, you know, people just see us rock up Saturday and play. Yeah. But there's, there's so much more to it than, you know, just that. It's it's everything. The amount of training we do, getting off long flights, training the next day, doing your recovery, proper nutrition, all those things. Um, it's a full-time job. It takes time. And it, yeah, it, it takes time. And it's, you know, it's, it's mentally tiring sometimes. But, um, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, you messaged me the other day about your practice schedule, your training schedule, like your, what, almost every day of the week you're on from 10 to 4 with the team doing stuff, right? That's a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we, we're full-time every day. We obviously get our, our off days and recovery days in there as well. Yeah. Um, like today. <laughs> House cleaning day. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, it's... it's um, it's a full-time job and it, it, it consumes all your time so uh, you got to stay focused and, uh, and, and really uh, you know not take for granted the, uh, the great opportunity that we've been given so good good uh, good attitude to have <laughs> see uh, one of your fellow rugby Canada teammates he you know it did really well down in New Zealand have you ever any thoughts of like uh, following like Tyler Ardron and heading heading down to like New Zealand or South Africa or something to play or are you really content with where you are and you know that you can grow and, and do a, you know accomplish some great things playing professionally in North America um, yeah I mean obviously I mean I've had opportunities I've obviously played I've, or sorry not obviously I have played in New Zealand before yes yeah. um, but yeah I mean it's all um, hard to say um what the the future holds i'm very content with where i am right now that's good uh, but you know i don't know like maybe in a few years time i get an opportunity to go to france or something and maybe play over there or new zealand or south africa or, or one of those countries and um i take it for the experience and just you know a, a little change of scenery maybe um yeah. it's, it's hard to say though um it's also tough uh, for canadian players to get those um contracts as well because of the import system right that a lot of these their uh, competitions have and things like that but yeah it's, it's hard to say definitely not not against um going to play somewhere else but i'm, I'm also very happy with where i'm at right now yeah and you should be it's a it's a good program you guys have going there who uh i, I guess who would be an influence on your rugby career to date who's somebody that's influenced you i guess to help you get to where you are or just somebody you know if you if you need uh, you need some thoughts like who in uh, confidence building who would you who do you turn to um yeah i mean obviously uh, the influence from grant becky cam obviously a big one um push for the rovers um and then jeff rogers as well he coached the rovers for a while yeah we actually stay in contact um quite frequently still and he likes to get all the the ins and outs of how things are going and <laughs> He likes the little bits of gossip that I can True Maritimer, right? Yeah, he just, loves, he just loves the game as well. Yeah. So he likes knowing about just just everything. And so we still uh, communicate uh, quite frequently. And, uh, That's good. And everything. Usually, usually get to see him when I come home and stuff. And we'll go out for a meal and, and just chat and catch up and, and stuff like that. So those two guys um, are probably some of the, especially Jeff. Um, one of the biggest influences on my career. That's awesome. It's good to hear. Um, 
little bit of a change, I guess. The last couple of questions are a little more philosophical. Uh, lots of parents and people often talk to me about, you know, being scared or nervous, worried about letting their son or daughter play rugby. They think it's dangerous. You know, I've had many conversations, uh, you know, explaining the ins and outs of the game and, and uh, how it's, you know, less dangerous than hockey or football or even soccer. Um, there's still, you know, a stigma around saying rugby is dangerous because, you know, you hit players and you don't wear protection. I guess what what would you do? You have those conversations with people, or what? Are, what do you? What would you say to those those parents, those uh, people that f that are fearful of the game itself? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody's entitled to their own opinion on you know sports, contact sports, things like that. But um, in rugby, I mean, it's because you don't wear padding makes it safer, which I don't think a lot of people. Um, understand right um i mean you see like football players for example they have all these pads on and when you wear those pads you feel invincible yeah kind of and so they can just go into things head first um with no regard for their body but with rugby there's so much emphasis on the technique on how to do it i mean i've been doing it now for in a professional environment for almost four years now and we still do the same tackle technique drills every day at training right because it's so important to stay safe and i think um it, there's such an emphasis on it in rugby um about to stay safe and world rugby does a great job with the um, head awareness right um there's 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 so many steps in place i mean we're just as safe as you know a professional golfer you know like <laughs> they could get hit in the head with a ball just as easily as we did get you know, hit the head with a knee or something like that, right? right. Rugby, and I, I actually think if you look at um, statistics, like rugby players are actually like, on it, especially head injuries are one of the lower, um, one of the lower sports in um, relation to having um, head injuries during yeah. games and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, just an awareness, I guess, and people sometimes afraid to, uh, I guess, to open their minds at, at different things. It's not an easy one, I guess, for some parents, but, you know, it's the, the stigma's slowly changing, I think. Yeah, yeah, so, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always, I mean, you can, everybody has their own opinion, but, um, you know, you could get just as hurt walking down the street yep. as you could in a rugby game. So. Absolutely. It's just whatever, whatever they think, so. Yeah. Um, last question, I guess, is somebody at the top of their game in their respective sports, so, you know, like yourself, what are your views on uh, on kids that are like 18 years and under, like still high school age? What's their view on playing, uh, you know, multiple sports? Do you think that's good for them? Do you think it's it's bad for them? I mean, when you get to your age and, you know, your early 20s and you've got a professional contract and your contract probably says, no, you can't go play competitive hockey anywhere. And But, you know, if you're in high school and, you know, what are your thoughts on kids playing, on playing multiple sports throughout the year? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think they should if they have um, interest in it and they enjoy doing it. Um, uh, especially at that age, I think, if, you know, um, I don't think you should just be stuck to one sport um, when you're uh, when you're a kid or a teenager. Um, it's so much, like, myself, I played everything um, growing up. Like, I played hockey, um, you know, golf, baseball, basketball, one right. year, rugby. I did everything. Um and, um, you know, I obviously, it's, it's fine now that I, I just stick with rugby and a little bit of golf here and there. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, definitely, you know, go out and play these other sports. Um, it's the best, you know, you have so much fun. You get to meet way more people um, and just life lessons in every sport that can be a little bit different as well. So right. I think kids should just, yeah, relax a little bit maybe when they, you know, um, just want to only focus on one sport and just go and enjoy it. And if you have fun doing it, then, uh, then keep going and, and keep playing all the sports that you love to play. That's, yeah, that's great. That's, uh, that's, a good, that's a good thought right there. So we're almost done here with Cole. He's been a big help. Um, for those that don't know, Cole's nickname from his time in New Brunswick is Giant. Um, not sure what his nickname is there in Toronto, if he, if he has one or not. Do you have a nickname there? Uh, no, I, I don't have one. <laughs> well, not one that you can share on, yeah, on a pipe. <laughs> I don't think I have one around here. So. Oh, maybe Giant will stick there with you. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna end the uh, we're gonna end the podcast today with uh, some quick fire Q and A with Cole. I uh, got uh, four multiple choice questions and one uh, one uh, basically just short answer in your choice, but you should do okay here. So, question one, Cole, you ready? All right. All right. Which Canadian holds the all-time points record for Rugby Canada? Is it A. Gareth Reese, B. DTH, C. James Pritchard, or D. Tyler Ardron? Uh, it's got to be a kicker, so it's either Grease or Pritch. I think. I think it's. I'm going with James Pritchard. Nice, good call, good call. He passed. He passed him towards the end of his career. There, it was good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, nice. Question two. You you got to get this one right. You might lose playing time this year. <laughs> Which Canadian holds a record for most caps for Rugby Canada? Is it A. Al Sher? Right, <laughs> well, yeah. Who is it? Yeah, Eric Carter. That's right. Yeah, yeah, one of your coaches, right? Yeah, I played with him in his last in his last test. So awesome. I'll remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, question three. DTH has the most tries for Canada. How many has he scored? Is it A, 38, B, 42, C, 32, or D, 6? Um, I, th- uh, I think it's in the 30s. Okay, yeah, that's good. Is it A, 38, or C, 32? I'll give you that. You're at 50-50 now. I'm going to go with 38. 38, well done. Look at you, 3 for 3. All right. That was a good guess. That was a good guess. All right, number four. Al Sharon and Gareth Reese have tied for the most amount of games as captain for Rugby Canada. How many games did they each captain? Is it A, 21, B, 41, C, 25, or D, 35? That's a tough one. Gonna, yeah, that is tough. Um, I'm going to say A21. It's close. Not, not bad. Five? It was 25. It was 25. Uh, yeah, that was a tough uh, one. That was my second one. That's, that's all right. All right. Last question. Who coached the Sussex Sonics rugby team in 2013? Um, Adam Sherwood. Adam Sherwood. Well done. Yeah, was that is that when you graduated, 2013? Uh, it was 2015. 2015, so he would have been in grade 10. There. Yeah, he was always there. He always coached the, uh, the rugby team when I... Uh, Bold down there. there so. so did you start in grade 10, or were you, did you start playing in grade 9? Um, I started in grade 9. Grade 9. So I coached against Cole. I, I, I coach at uh, Ross Netherwood, and uh, 
my son Bailey, who's a fourth year university at St. Thomas, they played against each other. So we were looking at some photos and, you know, found those nice group photos with everybody kind of mingled in together. And I think it was the 2013 photo that I have, I have of you somewhere. So it's, uh, it's kind of neat that I've seen where you, where you, where you are now and where you were five, six years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know you got to get back. You got some uh, some chores to do with the boys in the uh, at your house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Unless you want to talk some more, so you can get out of the work. It's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks very much for your time, Cole. We'll talk to you later. All right. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Yep, bye. Again, that was Cole Keith of the Toronto Arrows Team Canada. Uh, it was great to have Cole on. Uh, hopefully we'll have him back again. Maybe we'll get some of his Arrows teammates or Team Canada teammates uh, in another podcast. That would be great. Again, thanks for listening. This is Jamie Gray. Uh, reach out to me at thecanadianruck at gmail.com. Love to hear your thoughts on today's podcast. Uh, maybe you have some thoughts if you want me to look into different areas of, uh, of the sport itself. I'd uh, be happy to hear from you. Take care, everybody. Till next time.